It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Over the hump we go, 6.06 the time. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, some of the things we will talk about today, and there's a lot, a lot on the agenda today. Weather, big time changes coming over the weekend. Pay attention to that Don Day forecast. Extended forecast, 6.45. He's on with me live, 7.45. And we'll talk about some big changes coming in the weather. So there's that. But also this morning, and this is what I put right at the top of the docket, people have been sending me notices, especially from the Gillette, Wyoming area, about Guatemalans flown into the Gillette area and dropped off at the airport. What's that all about? We'll take a look at it right now. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so I've been getting notices from quite a few people for a little while now about all these Guatemalans that were flown into Gillette, Wyoming, and left at the airport. All right, Cowboy State Daily. I trust them. Not only do I know these people at Cowboy State Daily, but... uh, some of them are even friends of mine, but when it comes to news in our region, they do these long, in-depth stories, and it's real reporting. They call people. They go places. You know, like real reporters are supposed to do. All right, here's what they got. Story says, concerns and questions about a comment a state representative, John Bear Republican Gillette, made last week about 40 Guatemalans on a plane landing at the Northeast Wyoming Regional Airport have been mostly answered. Bear made the comment during a committee meeting of the Wyoming legislative body during a debate about Medicaid expansion. He said he brought it up in reference to how many people in Wyoming would actually benefit from expanding the federal program. He said we never use the word refugee but did reference an ongoing political debate over U.S. immigration policy and what we know about border policy in the United States right now. He says it's obviously a concern when we're trying to determine the number for what's happening in our state. So, let's see, Michael Perlman, spokesperson for Governor Mark Gordon, said Bear asked for the governor to look into the matter about these Guatemalans that were dropped off at the airport. Perman said it was determined that only a standard commercial flight arrived at the Gillette Airport at the time in question, and the passengers on those commercial flights all came through security and had government-approved identification to travel. Nothing out of the ordinary had occurred. Okay, but let's read on. Senator Chris Rothfuss... Democrat Laramie said Bear's comments was a red herring to the district 
from the issue expanding Medicaid in Wyoming. He said, when you literally have no rational argument, well, he does have a rational argument, but okay, I'm just going to swipe that aside. We can get into the whole Medicaid thing, but that is a rational argument he was bringing up. Okay. The findings of the governor office that there was nothing to Bear's immigration concern hasn't done much to dissuade Gillette Republicans. Bear said he has heard reports of illegal border crossers who have been provided several items from the federal government to accommodate their travel. He said it's a stretch to believe that such a person would be provided an ID. He questioned it and said, I believe uh, this deserves further investigation. So, last July, President Joe Biden's administration announced a new identification card to be issued to immigrants at the U.S.-Mexico border that would allow U.S. immigration officials and migrants to more quickly access their files. Those secure docket cards are not equivalent to other forms of government-approved identification as they're not allowed to be presented to Transportation Security Administration agents to allow them to travel by plane. Make sure I read read that properly here. The secure docket cards, these ID cards, are not equivalent to other forms of government-approved identification, as they are not allowed to be presented to Transportation Security agents to allow them to travel by plane, or to access certain state benefit programs. Hmm. Well, then how are they traveling by plane? Oh, all right. No, I'm just thinking about this out loud as I'm going here. They're intended to reduce the paperwork and permit illegal aliens to check in with Immigration and Custom Enforcement, or ICE, virtually instead of physically reporting to the ICE office. They would hope that would save time. Bear said it still has not been established why the Guatemalans, which multiple sources confirm were about 20, I've heard up to 30, I don't know, I wasn't there, were on the plane and where they were going. Well, were they left here? Did they move on? I don't know. Campbell County Commissioner told Gillette News Record on Monday he believes the issue is closed. He says, I know there's a lot of questions and a lot of theories, but at some point when you start asking people why they're here and what they're doing, it's infringing on their rights. Well, hang on a second now. <clears throat> yeah, why are they here? You're infringing on their rights by asking why they're here and what they're doing. They're in this, if they're in this country illegally, if they came into the country illegally, then why are they here? And what are they doing? Why weren't they sent back across the border? That's a legit question for someone who's here illegally. Well, to put it to you another way, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I walk out into my living room and I find a total stranger has broken into my house and is in my living room, who are you? Why are you here? What are you doing? Don't tell me I'm infringing on his rights. That's a legit question. Well... My country is my house, too. So I would like to know, who are you? Why are you here? What are you doing? Now, for those people from Gillette who have been sending me little notes about this, and including um, local newspaper from up there, things like that, my answer was, I, I know very little. All I know is what I just read to you right now. And I sort of tongue-in-cheek said, I hope 
if we did have a bunch of illegals dumped on us by the Biden administration, that this cold, windy, winter Wyoming weather would convince them to move on. Don't stay here. It sucks in the wintertime. Just pack up, go somewhere warmer. How about that? How they would do that, I don't know. We have had for quite a while in this country stories about the Biden administration, Obama administration did it too, where they would just take illegals from the border, load them on an airplane, fly them somewhere. And it's not always a big city. Sometimes it's a small town out in the middle of nowhere and leave them there. Now, if they got help, whatever the case is, I don't know. I mean, after they're left there, did they have pocket money to go get a hotel and a meal? Or did they have a place to stay? Where are they staying? I'd like to know that. But this, Or do they just disappear and fade into the countryside? Oftentimes that happens too. The idea of the ID, well, we gave them this official government ID that they're supposed to use to virtually check in with ICE agents so we know where they are. Uh-huh. And how often do you think they're really doing that? Yeah, in many cases, these people just fade and disappear into the countryside. Then I have several other stories that I'm going to bring up to you here. There have been now even Democrat states that have been doing this to other Democrat states. You know, I have uh, even mayors that are doing that to other Democrat mayors where they're just packing people up. Nope, don't want them in our state and pack people up and put them on a plane and send them to some other state. Not our problem. Oh, I'll get to that next. 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to say... Across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six nineteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. If you just joined, I was covering the story, which was Cowboy State Daily. We don't know a whole lot, but yeah, apparently a plane full of Guatemalans was flown into Gillette on a regular Gillette flight and left. They were left there. Uh, Twenty up to thirty. I don't know. I've heard different numbers, but I do. Miss Mary just got a call from a gentleman. Asking where the plane originated from, I don't know. It's not in the story. Although, well, hang on. If it's a regular flight to Gillette, then you can take a look at where regular flights into Gillette come from. But where did they come from before that? I know Guatemala, sure. But then did they cross the border into Texas and then were eventually sent up to Gillette? I don't know. And so when I hear people say, even like the governor's office, well, the, the matter's settled. No, it's not settled. Why did we have just a bunch of people uh, just flown up and dropped into Gillette? Why, why are they here? For what purpose? Now, we know midnight flights like that have been happening for quite a while. And now Democrats are doing that to Democrats. For example, uh, Colorado took a bunch of illegals and sent them to New York. And Illinois, which really got the governors of New York and Illinois mad as hell. The new governor of Arizona, also a Democrat. You'll like this story. Headline is, Democrat governor of Arizona flies migrants out of state. 
The program has expanded from buses to include the option of chartered air travel by a 737 aircraft, according to the state. A wide-ranging news conference, state capitol, new Democrat governor said the controversial practice started by her Republican predecessor needs review in order to ensure it's effective, but she's going to keep doing it. Because the last Republican governor was sending people out of Arizona to Democrat states, right? Quote, it's something that provides support for those local communities. If we're spending money to bus people, why not just um, get them to their final destination? We're sending migrants to cities they actually need to go to and be uh, connected with their sponsors. We're also doing a more effective way. You know, not all these people have sponsors, by the way. Look, I know that some people came to this country and they have families they're trying to get to that are already in America. That doesn't mean those families are here legally. It it doesn't. Uh, But still, not all these people have sponsors. They'll claim to have sponsors, but not all of them do. She did not provide details to the governor on how many illegals have been traveling under the new contact. The cost of the effort and so on is not clear. But here again, we're just going to go ahead and pack people up from Arizona, and we're just going to go ahead and ship them off to other cities, other places. This is where in every uh, case that I've seen, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat. I thought it was funny enough when some Republican governors, like the governor of Florida, governor of Texas, packed up illegals and sent them to Democrat sanctuary cities. Well, the cities claim to be sanctuary cities. So, so take them. And then when they actually get people there, well, this is overwhelming. We can't handle this. Well, what do you think's happening at the southern border? Now you got a taste of it. Yeah, they, these, they, they love to really talk up a great game and sound, in their minds anyway, as if they have the moral high ground until they actually are facing the same problem. And then they sound like the people who are on the border states, those... Republican governors on the border states, they end up saying the same thing. So when faced with the reality of it, boy, their tune changes a whole lot, doesn't it? All right. So let's get back to what happened up in Gillette. Again, I don't know. Other than here's what little I know out of the Cowboy State Daily article, which, again, they tend to be very thorough, that apparently these Guatemalans had an ID with them that allowed them to, well, it's not really supposed to allow them to travel, according to what I read, but they were using it to travel. They were put on a plane. They were sent up to Gillette. And it reminds me of all the other stories I've been reading over several years now since the Obama administration, where let's just take illegals, we're going to put them on buses or planes, and we're going to send them across America. And in a lot of cases, send them to small towns. Now, that asks, it begs the question that I haven't had really an answer for yet. And so when they get here, do they have some kind of a debit card where they can get to some money? I guess so. How else are they going to get things like food and a place to stay? Is somebody sponsoring them? Is somebody putting them up? Did they find a hotel somewhere? Did they decide to stay in that town? I mean, if you were from some South American country. That's not necessarily Mexico. There's all sorts of South American countries. And you had crossed the border illegally. And so the feds put you on an airplane and dropped you in a small town somewhere. And you looked around and went, what the hell am I doing here? 
would you stay? Or would you, in fact, just say, you know, there's someplace else that I would rather be than here. Why am I in this little town of Gillette, Wyoming? And you would probably find a way just to move on. And that's what I think is going to happen in most cases when people are dropped in small towns around America is they just decide to move on to some other place. And that's how they fade into the countryside because here again, that card that I told you about, it's supposed to be not really so much an ID card, but what they use to check in with ICE, like almost like it's a parole agent. They check in with ICE now and then. So they don't have to actually physically go to an office where they would wait in long lines. It can be anywhere in the country and just virtually check in. Here I am. How many do you think actually do that? And how many just pack up and continue to move on? These are a lot of questions that we have to answer here. And what I think is disturbing to me is, first off, we have the Democrat who's out there in Jackson Hole. We have a, did I say county commissioner or someone from city council who is in uh, Gillette? and also the governor's office here in the state of Wyoming, all of which said, oh, it's nothing. I don't think it's nothing. Hey, these people could be perfectly nice, innocent people, okay, or they could have criminal records. I don't know. Now, let, let's assume the best of it, that these are just perfectly nice people who are just trying to get out of a bad situation in their country, and they wound up here. Still, though, Really, you're just going to dump them on us like that, really, and then we're and then it's just going to get dismissed by some elected officials. Oh, don't worry about it, including that one from Gillette who says, "Well, if you're asking questions like where are they, what are they doing here, then you're you're infringing on their rights." No, I'm not. I'm not infringing on their rights at all. As a member of, of if I'm a member of that community, and for that matter, as a citizen of Wyoming, I have every right to know. Why are you just dumping these people on us like this? What exactly is the purpose? Where are they going? What are they doing right now? These are questions that we should be asking, and I'd love to have some answers to that. Did anyone track any of these people after they left the airport to see where they went? Yeah, okay. That's why I don't have the answer for you on that one. Again, as to whether they stayed in the community or stayed in the state or moved cross-country after that, I don't have those answers for you, but... It would be nice if someone were to actually look into it. So, okay, he, this just goes back to the whole Obama and Biden administration and what they've done with illegal immigration when it comes to busing people across country and planning people and how they're just a lot. We have no border security. Remember they try to convince us the border is secure and what a massive lie that was? Okay. Well, they'll still try to convince us of this. What we don't need is local officials here in the state of Wyoming just shrugging it off as if it's just nothing. Because I don't think this is nothing. And it comes, well, this is not just security of the country, it's security of the state as well. I don't think it's nothing. They're just dumping people on us. So it should be looked into. And I would like to see somebody look into this. If you're up in the Gillette area, do you know anything more than I just read out of that article? Because so far, nobody does. Even the people who live in that community. They were dropped off at the airport, and that's all we know. All right, coming up on 6.30, local news is rolling away. Right after local news, update on your weather forecast. You and I get into some other topics that I have lined up for you. Miss Mary's got a few guests coming our way this morning. 
Representative John Baer, Wyoming Freedom Caucus, and also Michael D. Smith, Chief Executive Officer of AmeriCorps, both coming up to talk to us at 706 and 720 this morning. Or now it's you and I. 888 woods the phone number. Wake up, Wyoming. up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. 6.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. The headline I just came across here from one of our radio stations that carries this show. This is K2. So, you know, egg prices through the roof, like 60% higher, I mean, just than they were like a year or so ago. And some people are even talking egg conspiracies out there. Well, Casper Walmart yesterday began selling eggs for a dollar a dozen. They had a clearance on them because, well, they were reaching their peak. They had to get rid of them, right? Which is surprising. Well, I guess I'm going to take a guess at this. The reason they had such an abundance is prices are so high, people are holding off on buying them. So now, now they're stacking up with eggs, right? So the story says it was a madhouse in the store for a time, according to those who were there. Let's see. A Facebook posted classified Walmart was selling a dollar a dozen eggs, and the comments piled on with people scrambling to get to the store. And comments on Facebook, was there a limit? Am I going to get there and they're going to be gone? And let's see. Outdated eggs when somebody said, one user posted a photo showed the eggs with a sell-by date, January 29th. Some of the users believe that's why Walmart's, you know, and that's what I was saying. They get rid of them before they go bad, right? K2 Radio News reached out to representatives of Casper Eastside Walmart where they were directed to the corporate uh, hotline, which they called, and when they were referred to their website, they were directed to fill out a media request form. <laughs> If a representative from Walmart cares to respond, that would be good. Here's my theory on that. Again, prices are really high, right? And so people are looking at the prices going, well, forget it. I'm not going to buy that. And so now the egg cartons start to pile up because nobody's going to buy them for that price. Now they're left with a bunch of eggs that are about to expire. So they got to get rid of them. Fine. Dollar a dozen. Whatever. Just get them out of here. At least they make something back, even though they're going to sell them at a loss. Probably what happened. Now, I do have a story. I'm just going to update this real quick. You can find all of the details on on the Wake Up Wyoming site. I mentioned this yesterday. If you've moved from California to Wyoming and you're rich, so you're living, let's say, in Teton County or Cody or someplace like that, where a lot of rich people are moving to, Mostly to get away from the high taxation of California, the way California is always trying to punish the rich. Right? California wants your money. They want to find a way to tax you, even though you've left. Now, some people may scratch their heads and go, how the heck do they do that? When Okay, well, first off, and, and I don't know that they necessarily can. California is massively in debt. 
I mean, there's something like, what was the number I came up to here? It's like $22.8 billion deficit right now. And for one state, not even the nation, for one state, that's a lot of money, even if it's a big state. Okay, so rich people do not have all this cash laying around. Someone who has a billion dollars does not have a billion dollars in some bank vault somewhere. They're worth it in businesses, their part owners, and stock, and other such things. If you take all of their assets and add it up, and if you could sell it all, liquidate it, in other words, you might get a billion dollars out of that. So that billion dollars, they're a billionaire, they're worth a billion dollars. That's an estimate of possible worth if everything that they had an interest in was liquidated. So if they left California, if a billionaire leaves California and moves to Teton County, yet still has assets located in California, I mean, even owns stock in a company that has a California footprint of some kind, then somehow California thinks they can get a hold of that money and tax the guy. That's the best they're going to be able to do. Because if somebody has left California, I mean completely got all of their assets out of there years ago, and there's no tie to California whatsoever, I'm not exactly, exactly sure how they're going to do this. But, yeah, people in – well, politicians in California who are as spend-happy as all the politicians in Washington, D.C., when they tax people to the point that those – People pack up and leave to get away from the taxes. Now California is left deeper in debt, and they don't know what to do about it. Now, California is not the only state trying to do this. New York is trying to do this. Washington State is trying. Washington, D.C. is trying to do this. Illinois is trying to do this. They tax people to the point that they've had enough and they leave. You can't leave. And the same thing is said by politicians for those who pack up and leave the country at taxes so outrageous in America and regulations so outrageous in America, corporations pack up and leave. And politicians who imposed all of those taxes and regulations will call those companies unpatriotic. Well, they're not unpatriotic. Was What was unpatriotic was overtaxing them and overregulating them. That was un-American. That was unpatriotic. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather update do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Six forty-eight. the time off to the icebox. We go Frank Gambino waiting by. So, Frank, up the hallway here, our good friend Sean, a.k.a. DJ Nike. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've seen the vehicle he pulls into uh, every single um, day. He pulls with that little red SUV. Right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll be getting rid of that. Rather than just... Uh, you know, trading it in. He's getting a skateboard? Uh, no, better yet. So you know the toughest monster truck Arr! tours. Sunday, Sunday. Actually, it's Saturday. Uh, February 11th, 2023. And you can get a seat if you can win the contest sitting right next to him and watch as a monster truck crushes his car. Oh, really? Yes. He's in the car? Or... <laughs> no, he will. No, no, no. You'll be sitting next to him in the stands. Oh, oh. Watching, watching as this massive monster truck 
rolls over the top of that red jalopy of an SUV that you see out there. He is going to have that thing crushed. <sighs> yes. Wyoming Ford Center. Uh, cost is $28 to go in and watch the entire rally and watch this happen. Saturday, February 11th, it's 3 p.m. I love doing those commercials. Anyway, so uh, the story here says, uh, this year we're giving you a chance to sit in my section, says Nike, and enjoy the high-flying car-crunching action while we scream and cheer. We also got a little something this year. Those um, monsters will be crushing my car. My old beater has been just waiting oh, for the day oh, to be transported. I know transported. what he's talking about. Yes. It's the one in the back behind the snowbank that yes. hasn't moved in about five years. Yes. So we're just going to crush. For those who don't know, when you look at our parking lot in the back of these studios here, there have been several vehicles that have been broken down and just parked way in the back. See, I park mine in the back, but I'm the only one that runs. Right. Uh, Miss Mary's correcting me. Not the SUV, the car in the back, like you just said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that car's been... I've been looking at that car for a while going, who left that vehicle there? It's been there for five years, Really? Glenn. That long? At least. Okay, so let's just crush it. Crush. Good idea. <laughs> Somebody's thinking. That's a great idea there. Okay. <laughs> now, but they have to move the snowbank before... Uh, they have to move the snowbank. Before the 11th. And, uh, yeah. yeah, then they're going to go take that. And not Again, not the... Oh, you're right, Mary. Not the red SUV, but the white car that's in the back of with the flat tire. Yeah. It's just been sitting there <laughs> abandoned this whole time. Pretty much, yeah. I would pay to sit next to him and watch that. I would, too. Men's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowboys dropped to 1-7 and seven in Mountain West play after a 6-7. Of, and Six and fourteen overall after an eighty-six seventy-two road loss to UNLV last night in Las Vegas. UNLV had a really good shooting night. A bunch of teams have had really good shooting nights against the Cowboys this season. So it's like every it's either everyone that the Cowboys play is half in the field or the defense is suspect or both. The Rebels were eleven of twenty from the three-point line. They were led by Elijah Harkness with twenty-eight. UW. 14 of 33 from the three-point line, and they still lost by 14. Xavier is Dussel had six threes, finished with 18 points. Noah Reynolds had 23. The lost season for the Pokes uh, will continue not until next Tuesday when they host Fresno State. In junior college basketball, the Casper College women are rated 21st in the country this week. They'll be at Central Wyoming and Riverton tonight. T-Birds are 17-3 and on the year. The T-Bird men 15-5 and after an overtime loss to Northwest DePaul on Saturday. And again, that was fairly ugly between the officials and the Casper bench at the end of regulation. In fact, the Casper College webpage doesn't even list an assistant coach, so something is up there. The LCCC basketball teams out of Cheyenne will host Western Wyoming at the Story Gym tonight at 5.30 and 7.30. The LCCC women are 15-4, and four and the men are 10-7. and seven. In the National Football League playoffs, it was a stunning end to the season to the for the Buffalo Bills, a team with serious Super Bowl hopes with quarterback and former Wyoming star Josh Allen. The Bills were beaten in every way, shape, and form by the Cincinnati Bengals 27-10, with former Wyoming Cowboy Logan Wilson playing yet another strong game for the Bengals at the middle linebacker spot. Allen in that game on Sunday threw for 265 yards with no touchdowns and the Bills' offensive line was exposed and as it turned out, Allen is the only running back really the team has. Allen also had 14 interceptions this year and 23 turnovers total. That is a lot. So Cincinnati came to play and Buffalo just did not. I don't think we obviously executed at a high level and that starts with me. You know, we weren't as detailed as maybe we would have liked to have been. But again, credit to to the Bengals, they had a really good game plan. They came out and on both sides of the ball, and they were firing. Yeah, we just didn't we didn't answer back. Cincinnati will play at Kansas City for the AFC Championship game on Sunday afternoon at 4.30. The NFC Championship game between Philadelphia and San Francisco, Sunday at 1 p.m., and that's it in sports.
So, okay, I, I got to get ready here for the upcoming weekend. I got Don Day coming on next hour to talk about the sudden cold that we're going to have here uh, over the course of the weekend. Any sporting events going oh, on? Oh, big, yeah. I'm going to be uh, the big Ronthon wrestling tournament is oh, this weekend yeah. in Riverton. Now, Friday and Saturday, that's a lot of teams okay. going over there. So okay. we'll see what the weather brings. I, I mean, will ask Don Day about that because, yeah. as you know, I always get worried about, well, they have to travel all the way out there, buses and so on in order to have the event. I think they should be able to do okay, because from my understanding, I'll ask Don about it, most of this weather arrives like Saturday into Sunday. But but the the, the last day of the tournament is Saturday. It's, yeah. it's not that people getting there. Yeah. It's actually people like would like to go home. Oh, well, there's that part. Yeah. You want to go back. Yeah, that's the trick. You want everything. Yes. All right, thank you. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of news time. Hello, Sister Dear, Lake Wills, Florida, my sister, Chet and Yoder, Rhiannon and Fort Danger, Jim and Casper, just some of the people up sending me messages by text off of the Wake Up Wyoming app. I chose new The time it's wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Wednesday, so over the hump we go. On the phone with me right now, why don't we say Representative John Bear of the Wyoming Freedom Caucus? Morning, John. Good morning, Glenn. What for those who don't know who you are, what district do you represent? I represent House District 31. And which is the half of Chilet. Okay, you're part of the Gillette up there. Okay, that Wyoming Freedom Caucus that we're going to be talking about uh, for this legislative session. I've heard Wyoming Freedom Caucus before, but for those who don't know, what is the purpose of the Freedom Caucus and who's made up of the caucus? Well, the purpose really is conscience of the Republican legislators in the House of Sorry, I'm getting a little feedback. Yeah, I, actually, I'm getting a little bit of a problem here because you're sort of uh, dropping in and out of me. Are you in a good an area with good cell service? Oh, okay, I think I might have lost him here. Uh, I tell you what, Miss Mary, I, we're having a bit of a bad connection, and I think I just lost him there. If we have a chance to get him back with a good connection, then we'll continue the interview here. This is the Wyoming Freedom Caucus. Again, he's up from up in Gillette, Wyoming, and if I can get him back on the air, I will. Uh, also, here's a story that I have from Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming Freedom Caucus wants state attorney general to take stance on social credit scores. Some of what they're doing with the Wyoming Freedom Caucus. So <clears throat> the Wyoming Freedom Caucus story says from Cowboy State Daily is frustrated with attorney. Whoop, hang on. Might have him back. John, are you back? I am. Oh, okay, that's a, a beautiful better. connection. Dear Lord, that's great. I was just see, uh, looking at a Wyoming Freedom Caucus story that has to do with the attorney general and social credit scores, but let's put that on hold for just a moment. Who makes up the Freedom Caucus? Well, there are very uh, various members of the Freedom Caucus, and we don't publish who they are. That way, they're free to uh, share their membership, but they're not required to. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is uh, we don't want people to have to show their, their membership in the Freedom Caucus, but also it helps us keep our numbers um, 
quiet until we're in a negotiation, and, and it allows us to negotiate further on particular legislation. Okay. Uh, kinds of issues that you pick up. I've seen quite a few here, including this one on the ESG scores in the state of Wyoming. But what puts up a red flag and makes you guys get active? Well, we, we're promoting of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're, we're God-fearing people that really are representative of the grassroots of the state of Wyoming. So we are going to be concerned about the same things that the people of Wyoming have been concerned about. You you have one example from the last session that's obvious, and that is the Fairness in Women's Sports Act that failed to, to be heard in the House of Representatives. That's a good example of the kind of things that we're going to stand uh, up for. But it also, uh, I'll tell you just quickly, you know, we're going to stand for life, uh, educational freedom, lower taxes, firearms freedoms, medical freedoms, and we, we want to protect our children uh, from obscenity. And we are going to be uh, fiscally responsible with state finances. So we're going to be fighting hard on things like this upcoming supplemental budget okay. to keep the spending down. Oh, good. And hopefully that means, are, are you opposed to or for Medicaid expansion? We're opposed to Medicaid okay. expansion. And uh, we we have done several things to fight that through the years. But most recently, I'm on the Revenue Committee, and I personally added a, an amendment to the bill as it was passing out of that committee. I opposed it, but I got an amendment on there saying that Medicaid expansion, should it pass, uh, will not be used in Wyoming to pay for gender transition surgery or puberty blocking drugs. Okay. And then there's the headline here, Cowboy State Daily, Wyoming Freedom Caucus wants state attorney general to take stance on social credit scores in the state. Mm-hmm. Does that, and I think mainly you're talking about uh, businesses, ESG. In other words, you want to get a loan, something like that, right? Right. So our state is heavily dependent on extractive industries, which um, the woke culture is against and has fought. And uh, now we see this happening in these organizations that do proxy votes for large corporations and large investors. And they're basically taking their woke agenda and forcing it through businesses, large businesses, and in this case, banks that will no longer loan to oil and gas industry uh, or the coal industry, which we are heavily dependent upon, even for our K through 12 funding in the state of Wyoming. But how does the state of Wyoming tell a bank that they can't use a social credit score? We don't tell a bank in particular, but one of the bills does say that if you're going to be a bank that does this, that uh, we as a state won't invest in you. Uh, We won't, we won't use you as a state bank and we won't, um, we won't, we will have you on a list so that we won't promote you. We'll promote you as somebody who's antithetical to the state values here. Right. Okay. I did have earlier this morning, last hour, uh, went through a story about a plane load of Guatemalans that landed in Gillette, Wyoming, but there's not a whole lot of information about what happened after that. Do you have anything on that story at all? Well, that that's kind of an interesting story. Uh, I brought that up during the Medicaid expansion debate because I'd gotten a call from one of my constituents saying that this plane had landed. We don't know who they were or where they went, but it brought up a good point. Does the Department of Health take into account 
what's happening on our southern border and the influx that could happen in the state of Wyoming as we continue to see huge numbers of people pour across that border, record numbers. Will they end up in Wyoming? I think there's a good chance of that if this doesn't get under control. And if they end up in Wyoming, how does that affect our expectation for Medicaid expansion? And so it, it was a an appropriate thing to bring up in the conversation at the time. Because the system, could be, yeah, the system a, could be overwhelmed quickly. Yes, it sure could. And they admitted, the Department of Health admitted that uh, those people that might enter the state illegally would be covered under Medicaid expansion for emergency services. So mm. if our hospitals are struggling now with emergency services uh, and, and the bandwidth, the number of uh, providers that we have, Uh, This is going to be a a heavier burden for the state. Real quick, for those people who are interested in what Wyoming Freedom Caucus is doing, how do they track you or even support you? We have a Facebook page. It's probably the easiest way to to see what we're doing. We try to keep things posted there, but we're constantly putting um, press releases out so that uh, the, the general public has an idea of what we're doing, what we stand for. Our leadership is, uh, is out in the public. That's myself as chairman and Jeremy Haroldson as my vice chairman. We have an executive director, Jesse Rubino. Uh, all of those people can be contacted and, and discussed different priorities or uh, if you would like to support us. Okay. Well, uh, Representative John Bear from Up in Gillette, Wyoming, if you have something going on with the Freedom Caucus and you'd like to get the word out there, now you have Miss Mary's number, give us a call. We'll get you on. Very good. All right. Thank, thank you. you. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. It's on Wake Up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven twenty is the time. Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So next up with us is Michael D. Smith, Chief Executive Officer of America Corps. Morning, Michael. Good morning. So for those who don't know, I've heard of AmeriCorps for a long time, but what is the organization? What do you do? Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. AmeriCorps is actually a federal agency. Uh, It is the federal agency for volunteering and national service. Uh, So we have more than 200,000 AmeriCorps members and AmeriCorps senior volunteers that serve in nearly 40,000 locations all across the country, Uh, you know, tutoring and mentoring in schools, helping in, in, in food banks. Uh, working on things to reduce violence, helping out our our, our climate. Uh, And in addition to AmeriCorps members, we're actually responsible for the federal call to action for service and civic engagement. So we run the Martin Luther King uh, National Day of Service. We run the 9-11 Day of Service. Uh, And we also do this uh, biannual research with the U.S. Census Bureau, uh, where we look at the state of volunteering and civic life in America so that we can learn from the the trends. Have you done that yet? Because I'm curious right away when you said that, is the trend up in volunteering or down? So what we're seeing in in this report, uh, in this research, which actually covers the the period during the pandemic, we've got some cause for concern, but we've also got some cause to celebrate. On the concern side, uh, for the first time since we've been tracking this data, we actually saw a dip in the number of Americans who said they volunteered uh, with a nonprofit organization formally on a regular basis. On the celebration side, though, we saw during the pandemic, Americans did not stop helping neighbors. That number stayed strong. You know, that shoveling the walk for the elderly next door neighbor, going out and and, and getting groceries, setting up those learning pods, 
uh, that kind of informal volunteering re- remain strong. Okay, that's something, because last time I had read some report from the Census Bureau on this topic, one of my first questions was exactly that. Because while I do meet people, and quite a few, who work at, it's a church or a civic organization, local food bank, something like that, but so much volunteering that I see going on is quite literally, like you said, somebody helping out their neighbor. Or for that matter, when I go to veterans centers, and some of that could be your local VFW hall, and they find uh, there are veterans in need. Some of them are disabled from having spent some time in combat. And so veterans helping veterans is at an all-time high, by my personal experience anyway. You know, that work is important. And, you know, sometimes the reason why we have to track both of these things is people might not call themselves or consider themselves a volunteer. So we need to make sure that we're tracking both the formal and the informal because both are incredibly important. Right. I do find, in my opinion anyway, Michael, the best way to help people and advance the community is one-on-one right within your own community in Cheyenne, Wyoming. There's a church-run food bank that is a massive warehouse, for example. But there's also another gentleman that I've had on this program a few times before. Since Wyoming has so many, you wouldn't believe how tiny some of these towns are way out in the middle of nowhere. And he has worked with local church organizations to start up just food banks within the community with just local volunteer help. And oftentimes that's just people stopping by with some extra groceries at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think all across my region anyway in the state of Wyoming, I see a lot of it. So you're saying that that trend is is not hurting? Is that what you said? That trend is not hurting, especially during the pandemic. You know, uh, when Americans were so concerned about their own personal safety, you know, schools, uh, went to virtual learning. A lot of people who maybe wanted to volunteer formally couldn't volunteer. Uh, so that neighbor helping neighbor uh, right. trend stayed strong. But you know what? Even though we saw a dip in formal volunteering, that still was about 23% of Americans uh, that volunteered during the pandemic formally with a nonprofit organization, which turned to 4.1 billion hours in service. So mm-hmm. um, Americans didn't stop altogether. They, they still found a way to work with nonprofit organizations who desperately depend uh, on volunteers to, to run these food banks, to, uh, to run these youth centers, uh, and, and to do the work in the climate that is, that's so needed by our communities across Wyoming and across the country. Do you take into account, because while you were saying that, I was just thinking, there are uh, websites out there, pages out there, where you can go ahead and donate to a cause. You know, when people do a fundraiser online, and there's several websites dedicated to just fundraising online. So if somebody has, you know, for example, somebody who's got a kidney problem, but they don't have the money to pay to get their surgery, and then all of a sudden from across America, people are just pouring money out because somebody started a a fundraiser online. Do you guys track that as well? So, you know, we we track down uh, what number of uh, residents say that they donated $25 or more to a charity. So you all should be proud. uh, And and Wyoming, more than half of Mm. residents of Wyoming donated $25 or more to to a charity. We've also seen other research that showed uh, that Americans were generous during the pandemic, uh, that giving to nonprofit organizations stayed strong during that moment. Uh, You know, what we find during times of tragedy, during times of hardship in America, when the going gets tough, uh, America gets tougher. And right. and so while we saw some cause for concern here, there is certainly cause for celebration 
uh, and cause for hope. I tell you one that ought to make you feel really good. I've lived in Wyoming for about 16 years now, and I can honestly say out of the different states that I've lived in, this is one of the most giving communities I've ever seen, and I mean the entire state. So something you may not have heard of is Casper, Wyoming has it, and so does Cheyenne, Wyoming. They have an event called Thankful Thursday. And what they do is every single Thursday, they go to a local club. It's the same place every single Thursday. And a charity, some local charity, is being featured. And they do card games and auctions and all sorts of things. It's a party. And the whole purpose of the party is to get people to spend money on all sorts of fun activities. And it's not uncommon by the end of the night, they could have raised like $25,000 for the charity in just one night. And they do this for about half the year in both these towns. Every Thursday night is a different charity. I'd never heard about that till I came to Wyoming. You know, I, I, I love that. And it's probably no surprise uh, that I'm, I'm happy to share with your listeners that Wyoming is actually among the top 10 uh, states when it comes to formal volunteering. You had about 179,000 uh, formal volunteers that contributed about 14.9 million of hours of service uh, through organizations. And you had uh, 58% of your residents uh, that did that in the formal type of volunteering. So it's no surprise when you think about things like Thankful Thursday. And it's also why this research is so important. So other states can say, why is Wyoming in the top 10 here? Uh, we need to learn from these kind of, mm-hmm. these kind of efforts so that we can be innovative uh, in making sure that, that volunteers have an opportunity to serve and that we're doing everything that we can to celebrate volunteers to recruit them and, and to bring them into the fold. I think part of it might be, again, having lived out here for a little while, there is a culture out in the West. So you're talking states, Wyoming, Montana, North South Dakota, Nebraska, that the people are spread out. And again, you would be really surprised how small some of these towns are. And sometimes you'll find a house out in the middle of nowhere and you'll wonder, what are you doing out here? When somebody needs help, neighbors just go help knowing that someday they're going to need help and those neighbors will come back and help them you just pitch in you just do it so if you see that car broken down on the side of the road you just pull over and ask if they need something that's a culture out here that goes way back to when Mm -hmm. the first settlers moved out here and continues today yeah and it it is a spirit that 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 whole idea you know do unto others as you would have them do unto you it's 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 a spirit It's it's an american value uh, that that is alive and strong, and and I think there is just so much to learn uh, for, from from Wyoming, but also really learning from sometimes people who don't have a whole lot. Um, you know, may not have a whole lot of money, may not have a whole lot of resources, may not have the biggest house on the street. Uh, but it's oftentimes those are the folks that are giving even more, and so we okay. can learn from them. Okay, Michael D. Smith, Chief Executive Officer of AmeriCorps, thanks for coming on this morning. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All right, coming up on some. Local news that we have to take care of, and we're rolling to weather forecast. That's important. Uh, Legislative update. Don Day from Day Weather will be on because the forecast does change quite a bit over the next couple of days. Kathleen and Casper saw your questionnaire. Mainly wanted to talk to him about uh, where Wyoming is as far as, uh, and I knew we were one of the most giving states out there as far as just volunteerism. That's and, and then what the Census Bureau said about us. That was mainly the curious questions. Coming up on 7.30, Wake Up Wyoming. The new case of measles, Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app.
736 the time it's wake up my own okay i do have your legislative report with our man in cheyenne doug coming up in just a minute also don day will be talking to us about uh, some changes in the weather that are sort of big time and that's coming your way within the next few days but real quick Greatest things Babylon Bee's ever done using the Beach Boys song, Wish We All Could Leave California. This is just so well done. I love this. Okay, anyway. Earlier this morning, I was I talked a little bit about it yesterday. People in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, have to watch out because California doesn't like that so many mega-rich people have left to get away from high taxes that they're going to try to find a way to tax those people even though they no longer live in California. How they do that, I don't know. Then there's this. San Diego wants to tax people out of their cars and force them into public transportation. A new plan, San Diego County's Regional Transportation Agency wants to make driving so expensive you'll be forced to take the train. San, yeah. I understand they have a lot of traffic out there, but okay. Uh, Sandag's new plan refuses to build road improvements, promises in their last plan, but will continue to tax people anyway. So no more road improvements. Forget it. So, oh, that's not to say they won't fix the existing roads, but, oh, no, some things they can go ahead and close down. The finances, they want to charge fees for transportation infrastructure that people use. For example, changing users each, charging users each mile that they drive on a highway uh, can change travel behavior. There's a bait and switch, freeway dollars, gas dollars, registration fees, promise for road improvements. Instead, they pay for costly mass transit. Okay, so people driving cars will pay for the mass transit. The effect they hope will force people into mass transit. So who's this affect the most? Well, of course, low-income earners. Math is simple on that one there. Also, they self-proclaimed leader and champion of social equity in the area is pushing those low-income brackets first, trying to help them, but it ends up hurting them the most. I will get back to this story because this is really interesting. Once again, social engineering, rather than allowing people to make their own decisions. 739, here's your legislative update from our man in Cheyenne. This morning radio, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 745 is the time. Off we go to talk to Don Day with Day Weather. Okay, Don, so I noticed this morning when I get up, there's, and it's even happening right now, there's just the slightest little dusting of snow out there in some areas of light snow this morning and they are scattered about we've seen a few areas like down in carbon county that have picked up a little bit more than an inch most folks have picked up a dusting here and there bit heavier amounts being reported out of the bighorn mountains this morning and as we've been talking this flow of air coming in out of the northwest is this going to continue to produce the same weather through friday cold and these occasional periods of flurries and light snow showers will be around now, I'm watching, though, and listening to your forecast as we get into Saturday and Sunday and so on. And I notice there's a big change, not just in temperature, but there's some snow events as well. But what I'm a little confused about is how much snow are we talking and how much temperature change? 
Well, first of all, for temperature change, let's talk about that first, because okay. that's the one thing where just about everybody is going to experience the, the same situation. The Arctic surge that's coming in will be moving into northern Wyoming really early Saturday, and then the cold air slowly moves more south Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. So by Saturday afternoon and evening, a lot of the state will be in the single digits and teens. And then by uh, Sunday morning, Northern Wyoming will be low zero, single digits elsewhere. And then we're looking at those sub-zero temperatures Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday nights. So at least three nights are going below zero. And that's going to affect everybody. The snowfall, at least through Friday, is going to be this scattered, patchy areas of snow, heavier along I-90. As we get into Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday into Monday, snow will overspread most of the state. It's going to be heaviest along the Interstate 90 corridor and across the central and east central parts of the state. Those areas, you know, we're, we're looking at probably four to eight inches of new snow. Mm, okay. You get down to the southeast corner, it's probably going to be about one to three. Uh, but there's going to be some areas that may get a bit more than that. So this is a good time to stock up a little bit for those people in those areas. And again, livestock interest. Yeah, and, and although it is going to be a little windy at times over the next couple of days, we don't expect a lot of wind with this snow that's coming, but boy, is it going to be cold. And this yeah. is a situation where it's just so cold that any moisture that's available is going to convert itself to a, a cloud or a snowflake. Okay. And so you're going to see uh, it accumulate, not rapidly, but over a two- or three-day period. And now, that cold seems to stick around for a period after this weekend. It really will. Uh, do not expect any type of significant rebound in temperature through at least next Thursday or Friday. So uh, not what a lot of a lot of people want to hear. It's going to, you know, it's chilly now, but it's going to get colder and stay colder for an extended period. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> can, can I play it? You, you can. Okay. Okay, so look, it's all their fault. I'm just tossing it out there. All right, let's go to the ice box. Really, is going to be an ice box, Frank. That, that didn't sound good at all. No, it did not. No, no I mean that's yeah. really. That's I why mean, I was asking about sporting interest yeah, during it, that time. It'll, it'll happen. Yeah. So okay. today is what the twenty fifth. Uh, yes. We have had snow on the ground on in Casper since the, the first of the month, at least. Yeah. At le even before that. Mm -hmm. That's. Weird. Good long because, time. Because, well, you know, it we're comes coming out and of the melts and it comes and it melts, yeah. and, you know. And well, this is coming out of the uh, drought with the La Nina, El Nino thing and all of that. So that's, the good news is this is drought buster stuff for the whole West over here. Real quick, Scott Rowland, Baseball Hall of Fame. Seven-time All-Star. Wow. And everyone, like, you know, said, you know, and you play with the Philadelphia, Philadelphia St. Louis, that, like, who is this guy? You know, yeah. and like, well, no, he was, <laughs> he was a seven-time All-Star. You know, okay. Todd Helton with the Rockies, not enough votes to make it to the Hall of Fame. At least they didn't go, the Hall of Fame said, you know what, all you PED guys, you're still out. All right. How many? You're, st you're still out and stay out. Okay. How many people, I've never been to a baseball Hall of Fame, but you, since you're knowledgeable about the sport, how many people do you think you would walk through and look at, oh, this guy made the Hall of Fame? Who's he? 
in the younger in, in the younger era, I mean, like the, in the you know nineteen tens, nineteen twenty, nineteen thirty, I probably wouldn't recognize okay, some gotcha, of them. Yeah. You know, but um, like like the later guys, oh yeah, I mean they're okay. they're, they're, they're they're glowingly obvious. Okay, you know? because there are some people I've noticed that they're really incredibly good at what they do. But they just don't get the spotlight for whatever reason. Because sometimes they play for bad teams. Yeah. You know, you could be great and play on a team that doesn't make the playoffs. They don't have winning seasons. You know, like, well, he was really good, but he didn't. Or yeah. you didn't You didn't play in, like, um, major television markets. Right. You know, the New York, Chicago, L.A.s, that kind of thing. If you play in Montreal, you know, there's... Mm-hmm. Not much going on there. Not a whole lot there. Okay. Because there are always people, and you even see them in this company here, who we could not exist without them. They're really the backbone of the company. But they they sit there in the back offices getting work done, and so they just don't get the spotlight pointed on them. So I I think sports has got to be the same way, right? Well, you know, our guys, they get free coffee. Well, okay, there's that. Yeah, they get free coffee. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys dropped to 1-7 and in Mountain West play, 6-14 and overall after an 86-72 road loss to UNLV last night in Las Vegas. UNLV had a really good shooting night. Seems like a bunch of teams have really good shooting nights against the Cowboys this season. So, hey, it's either everyone the Cowboys play is hot from the field or the defense is suspect. Or both. The Rebels were 11 of 20 from the three-point line. They were led by Elijah Harkness with 28. UW, an astounding 14 of 33 from the three-point line and still lost by 14. Xavier Jussel with six threes, finished with 18 points. Noah Reynolds at 23. The lost season for the Pokes uh, continues. They won't play until Tuesday when they host Fresno State. In junior college basketball, the Casper College women rated 21st in the nation this week will be at Central Wyoming and Riverton tonight. The T-Birds are 17 and 3 on the year. T-Bird men are 15 and 5 after an overtime loss to Northwest DePaulon. Saturday in a game that was a fairly ugly between the officials and the Casper bench at the end of regulation. In fact, the Casper College webpage doesn't even list an assistant coach, so something is up with that. The NCAA basketball, the the LCCC basketball teams from Cheyenne will host Western Wyoming at the Story Gym tonight at 5.30 and 7.30. The LCCC women are 15-4, and and the men are 10-7. and In the National Football League playoffs, it was a stunning end of the season for the Buffalo Bills, a team with serious Super Bowl hopes with quarterback and former Wyoming Cowboy Josh Allen. The Bills were beaten in every Every way, shape, and form by the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, 27-10 in the playoffs with former Wyoming Cowboy Logan Wilson playing a really strong game again for the Bengals at the middle linebacker spot. Allen in that game on Sunday threw for 265 yards and no touchdowns. The Bills' offensive line was exposed, and as it turns out, Allen's the only running threat the team had. Allen also had 14 interceptions this year and 23 turnovers total. That is a lot. Remember, this was a team that finished the year 13-3, and and it seems like it's going to be a long winter and summer for Allen. You know, I don't want to just discredit um, everything that we did this year. You know, there's a lot of a lot of positives that we saw throughout the year. You know, a lot of adversity that this team had been dealt. Um, I'm still proud of our team for how we handled some of those really adverse situations. Um, you know, they they weren't they weren't all easy, and uh, that's the NFL, man. Every there's going to be 31 unhappy teams and. So Cincinnati will be at Kansas City for the AFC Championship game on Sunday afternoon at 4.30. The NFC Championship game also on Sunday between Philadelphia and San Francisco will start at 1 in the afternoon, and that's it in sports. Okay, so we, we do have a weekend, as you heard from Don Day, about some of the heavy weather coming in. So I wonder, it's going to, I think most of the snow, he said, come in 
later on Saturday? Maybe that gives those people a time to get into I would hope. You know what? If it out, starts yeah. snowing after midnight, I think everyone will be home by then. I, I would hope so. Yeah, we'll keep maybe, an eye Maybe on if it. they're home by 10 o'clock. Yeah, okay. But if I, it starts snowing at 3 o'clock, yeah. everybody's like, really? Mm, probably not, yeah. All right. Well, they know what to do. They They're experienced. Well, <laughs> They'll figure it yeah, out. I know. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local. Update on the weather forecast. Open phones after that. Oh, I got some good stuff to talk about here, but you can interrupt me if you want. Jump in, change the subject, or use your Wake Up Wyoming app. Top When you open up the app, top right-hand corner of the app, you'll see some little word bubbles there, like for a cartoon. Touch that. That's the chat option. You can text me while I'm on the air. People talk with me the whole time that I do the show. Wake Up Wyoming. If you're like most... the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's been a busy morning. From the Guatemalans that were dumped at the airport in Gillette, Wyoming, and nobody knows what happened to them after that. Yes, that's a thing. There's so many other stories that I uh, covered for you. If you missed it, no, you didn't. Remember, your phone is your modern-day radio, and you can play things on delay later, whenever you want. So later today, if you missed any of the program, Use your Wake Up Wyoming app for you to download your app store. And look at the toolbar. It says On Demand. Touch that. Select today's episode. It's a podcast. Minus news and most commercials to get you to the point of the pod, of, of whatever the show was. So you can always go back. Also, if you hit the chat option, top right-hand corner when you open up the app, you see those little word bubbles there? That's how people send me notes. Now, Steve and Casper, he sent me a picture using the chat option. That one, I've seen this before, Steve. This is good. It shows a, a Walmart, it looks like, or some, some store, maybe a dollar store. And down one of the aisles is a box marked classified. <laughs> like that's something that was left behind by Biden. All right, and then Larry and Casper. Coffee always helps, but being funny, you don't have to feed me coffee. I'll do it completely for free. What a blast. Oh, he's talking about being a voice for this program. That's probably not a bad idea because we're always writing new funny bits for the program. And I do use people that are just listeners to help not just write the bit, but if you have a, an idea for a funny bit, I'm going to play one for you in just a moment. Uh, I, I can write it up here and we can go ahead and voice the thing. That's part of it. It's audience participation. So if you have ideas, fine. Uh, Jim and Cheyenne, I guess I should be happy that the legislator is wasting time on banning electric vehicles and making I-8 a, t- a toll road. At least that means they're not after more of my freedoms. I often say that, Jim. I often say that. Whenever, even on the on a national level, when your House and Senate is wasting time with stupid investigations and so on. Good, then they're not passing laws. Thank you for that. Kathleen says, does anyone else consider it an invasion of privacy for the federal government to be tracking people's donations and et cetera? Uh, <clears throat> yes, it can be. You should be able to donate anonymously. In most cases, you can. 
donate anonymously. In fact, in fact, I think in most cases you can go ahead and donate anonymously. Uh, they're just trying to track people's behavior. But if you want to make anonymous donations, go ahead. And then Milo in Fort Danger. Hang on. Milo's got something good, and I'm going to build on it next. But first, warning. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Going back up to the coffee comment, we were just talking about coffee down there in Miss Mary's office, and DJ Nike and I were down there, sort of chatting with her and wasting her time because she's trying to get work done. And the subject of coffee came up. Hello, welcome to Coffee Cabana. Our special today is the popular mocha mocha kappa mocha kappa. What can I blend for you today? Cup of coffee, please. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, just, I'm sorry, just a regular size coffee, please. That's all. Oh, uh, I I guess I don't understand. Uh, what part of that don't you understand? Well, for one, we have several different sizes. Petite, medium, auto, forte, muy grande, and crescendo. I, I, all right, I just want a small cup of regular coffee. Well, please. But I... Uh... Okay, look. Point to the cup that's the smallest. Okay, there you go. That's the one. Oh, okay, I see. And what would you like in that? Coffee. And? Just coffee. But we have syrups and powders and toppings and frappalapalatas. Just coffee. Plain old coffee in a freaking cup. Oh, um. Look, I can take the cup. Perfect. Now, now, hold it under the coffee spout. Good. Now fill it up. There you, there you go. Now, give it to me. That's it. Yes, that's all. Well, how odd. And whatever. How much? Six fifty, sir. Sorry. Um, six fifty. How is this little cup of coffee more expensive than a gallon of gasoline in my car? I didn't even add any frappa, lapa, mocha, crap, or whatever to it. Well, sir, the beans are dried on you, you, you solar know, panels. Never mind. And then we use yeah, wind power for, for, it. But we're green. Look, I'll give you 20 bucks if you don't say another word. But, nope. Uh, Done. There you go. Good girl. Might I suggest trading that for a decaf? Don't think that would really help trading it for a decaf. Okay, Milo and Fort Danger, good idea. So I was talking about California early. Couple, one thing, uh, first off. There's a lot of people who've moved, rich people moved from California and went to the Grand Tetons here in Wyoming, Teton County and Jackson Hole areas. And they're trying to move here, not just because it's beautiful, but if they make Wyoming their residence, we don't even have a state income tax. So it's much better to live here. Well, California keeps running off its rich people and corporations through high taxation and regulation. And so now they're trying to find a way to tax people, individuals, and businesses that have left the state. 
as if they still have a right. They never had a right to the money in the first place. But as you left, but so what? We still have a right to your money. Milo and Ford Danger, maybe we should tax them for being from California. You know, so they feel more at home. Well, got to play this twice today. Babylon B, brilliant parody. That's not all California is trying to do. I just got done reading a story here. Uh, San Diego, California, wants to try to make it so difficult for vehicles. I, yes, the city is packed with automobiles, but to make it more expensive to drive in San Diego and to not take care of roads as much, make it even more congested and force people onto mass transit. This is the kinds of things that California loves doing. But here's an idea. Hey, Milo, I have an idea for you. What if instead, first off, we should thank California in in one way. See, all of those rich people moving from California to Wyoming, the bad side is they still vote like they're from California. Well, we need to work on that. Okay, that's something we need to work on since they still vote like Californians. However, they do bring a lot of money our way. When businesses and business owners leave California, they come to states like ours here in Wyoming. They go to Texas, places like that, and they bring their businesses and they bring all of that money with them. So thank you, California, for sending us all of that wealth and brain power and so on. You guys didn't want them. I mean, think about it. California, for the longest time, had bragging rights. When it came to agriculture, aerospace, technology, Silicon Valley, Hollywood. I know I probably shouldn't bring this up, but the porn industry was located centrally in California. Yeah. Even they, even the porn industry has left California, and they're now located in Nevada because taxes and regulations, believe it or not. They even taxed and regulated the porn industry right out of California. Everything that California had as far as bragging rights, all of that talent, all of that brain power, and they've been pushing it out of the state. And if you think about it, it's a redistribution of not just wealth, but success across America. And that's good for America that is now more evenly distributed like that. The only thing we have to do is get these people, just get them to understand if you, we've talked about this before, you know what I'm going to say. If you continue to vote like you voted in California, you're going to end up living just like California again. You got to remember why you left. That doesn't mean put on a MAGA hat, okay, and start singing the praises of Trump. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. But quit voting for big government. Vote for small government that stays out of the way of your business and your personal life. The smaller and less, less intrusive the government is, the more free you are. And when you work hard and earn a profit, it's yours. Because you work for it, you earn it, it's yours. It doesn't belong to some collectivist hive. Politicians can't sit around finding an excuse to take what belongs to you. It's yours. 
Those are the conversations we have to have from people from California that come to Wyoming and states like Wyoming. Hey, I don't care if you still are a very liberal-minded person, but at the same time, be a small government person. That way you can continue to live. In fact, you can live now that you're outside of California, you can live in a way that you've never experienced before. You can live free. 817, wake up Wyoming. Your morning travel network up. It's the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight twenty-two is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Right, real quick, I just came across this story. White House is downplaying the bill banning oil sales from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China. It just passed the House with the support of 113 Democrats. Story quote: This bill addresses a non-issue. We're very clear on that," said the White House press secretary. "We're focused on advancing legislation that would lower costs for American families, not raise them." Uh, she did not say if Biden would sign the bill. Legislation titled Protecting American Strategic Petroleum Reserve from China passed 331-97. The bill prohibits the Department of Energy from selling petroleum products, crude oil, and so on, uh, to China. That is for the United States for strategic reserve in case we get into a war. Yeah. So, well, it was sold to China by the Biden administration. Some was. Why we would do that, I have just, I have no idea, but okay. Something I'd like you guys to hear, if you would. So I have been going on for a little while about, well, decades, about doomsday cults. And one of them is the cult of climate change, for example. And also just recently, 60 Minutes had on a guest who wrote The Population Bomb, Paul Ehrlich. That was back in the 70s, and he predicted that the world would come to an end soon. Really? You sure? Now, this is heavily edited for time's sake, but here's John Stossel. The world's about to end. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. Throughout history, people predicted the end of humanity. This month, 60 Minutes was on the case. You seem to be saying that humanity is not sustainable. No, humanity is not sustainable. Bizarrely, they featured this man who has always predicted doom. We are very close to a famine disaster in the United States. Why would they treat him like an expert? Paul Ehrlich may have lived long enough to see some of his dire prophecies come true. But his dire prophecies, again and again, turn out to be wrong. In the next 15 years, the end will come. And by the end, I mean an utter breakdown of the capacity of the planet to support humanity. His bestseller, which sold an amazing three million copies, said nothing can prevent a substantial increase in the world's death rate. That was comically wrong. Today, there are four billion more people. The death rate fell dramatically. Too many people, too much consumption. 60 Minutes did mention that Ehrlich was wrong about widespread starvation. But they take him seriously, never mentioning his other ridiculous predictions, like his claim that by the year 2000, England will not exist because of climate change. But England's still here. Instead of interviewing doomsayers like Ehrlich, 60 Minutes should talk to Marion Tupi, the creator of humanprogress.org. Everybody is getting richer and longer living, and life is getting better. It is. The modern era has brought much longer lives and the greatest decline in poverty ever. Young activists think capitalists are destroying the earth. Millions 
of people are dying. People are throwing paint at uh, works of art, are blocking traffic. They believe it's the moral thing to do because experts like Ehrlich scare them. Marion Tupi is the anti-Ehrlich. His new book, Super Abundance, shows more people are good for humanity and the environment. What matters is new knowledge. Think about something as simple as sand. When we started melting down sand to create glass, we used the first glass for glass beads or jars. But now we are using glass in fiber optic cables and microchips. Similar innovation in farming, transportation, genetic engineering is why our growing population won't destroy nature. But we're told we're destroying forests. Forests have grown by 35% in North America and Western Europe in the last 20 years. Grown because people found ways to produce more food on less land. And prosperous countries can afford to protect nature. But the idea that human innovation is helping nature isn't as popular as doomsayers claims. Yeah, people like to listen to doomsdayers a lot. They get a whole lot more attention than somebody who's got a good story for you, right? So that John Stossel piece, you can go ahead and watch it. Just go on YouTube, type in John Stossel. And I heavily edited that just for sake of time to get it on this program here. But you get the basic idea. Once again, the doomsday cultists out there with all of their horrible predictions. And because news media wants your attention because that's how they sell advertising, they'll go ahead and push that. And let's face it, it works because if I walked into a crowded room full of people and I said something horrific was about to happen, I have everybody's attention. But if I walk in and just mention what a nice day it is and how great everything's going, barely anyone pays attention to me. You see, what gets people is attention. And so that's what makes it in the news media. And politicians need you to think that the end is nigh because that's why you vote for them to fix everything. And that's what gives them power and money because it's the next crisis out there. Fact of the matter is, you are as, as bad as things are, we do have a lot of problems. Fact of the matter is, you're living in one of the best times to be alive. When you consider what the human race was like just a few generations ago, or would you like to go back to the Dark Ages and live during that? Would you like to live during the time when the lifespan was like your mid-40s? Yeah. And in order to get enough food to survive on, you had to go outside and toil all day, every single day. Disease and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Just nonstop, right? Doomsday cults have always existed. You are living in one of the most comfortable times and one of the safest times to be alive. And as far as the climate, with the cult of climate change, you're actually living in a rather cool and calm period. This is not a period of you know, disastrous climate change that's going to devastate us all. That's not what's happening right now. Although the climate of the planet has been much worse in the past, and none of us would have survived it back then. This is actually a really good time to be alive. Coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way. Right after local news, update on your weather forecast. Then there's a nice long segment of open phones. So, jump right in. Talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Brenda's in Fort Collins. Morning, Brenda. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis, Wyoming. They're sending me notes. They're sending me text messages over the app. Open up your app, top right-hand corner. You see the word bubbles? Tap that. You can send me a text while I'm on the air. I'll answer back. Wake up, Wyoming.
with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Phone number to get involved. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. It's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Also from Cowboy State Daily. Rail engineers say poor working conditions are behind the labor shortage that stunted Wyoming coal production. Okay. Thing is, in case you didn't know, working for the railroad actually pays rather well. So if you're looking for a job that really pays some good money, might want to go check out the railroads. They do pay rather well if you're looking for something. Wyoming coal mines have had a good year, 2022, but they could not have produced about, they could have produced about 20% more coal, uh, according to what I'm reading here from Cowboy State Daily, if it weren't for the rail cars available. Current and retired engineers with Union Pacific and Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad told Cowboy State Daily that the companies. Treat their employees, oh, so poorly that few people want to work for them. Okay, well, but they do pay well. One current engineer said she was disciplined when she took time off to deal with a suicide in her family. See, now that, if this word is getting out, is some, if that's true, if that is true, then these railroads need to fix a problem. Because, again, it's a good job that pays well. Except that this is true. Representative Union Pacific told Cowboy State Daily that they are working to improve working conditions for employees, hire more people, increase the availability of locomotives for the mine. Travis Detai, executive director of Wyoming Mining Association, said that during a presentation to the Senate Minerals Committee last week, Wyoming coal mines could have produced about 50 million more tons of coal last year, which would have added... About $100 million to the state revenues for school and other government services. So, okay. Let's see if they can fix that problem, get that back on track. Now, hey, Cheyenne. Headline. Cheyenne Airport canceling all of its flights again. More runway construction. Now, just recently, and I know this is a geeky thing. You know, I'm into airplanes. So, runway 3113. If you wonder, if you looked at Cheyenne's airport, runway 31, they don't have 31 runways. Runway numbers are a compass heading. And what I've always found interesting about that is since the magnetic field of the earth moves around, every so often runway numbers have to be changed to match the current compass heading. Yeah, maps have to be changed, all sorts of things, because the magnetic field moves around. But anyway. So if you look at Wyoming uh, in Cheyenne, runway 31, how do they have 31 runways? That's a compass heading. So that's why I say runway 31 and come in the other direction, it's 1-3. That was just fixed up. And they, man, they tore that sucker down to the ground, to the dirt. And a runway tends to be a bit thicker in some cases, depending on the kind of runway, than an interstate highway. They really put a lot into that. Looks good. But now what about that other runway? Lisa Joe Cheyenne, and that's a long, the other runway is a long one, really big. That's where those C-130s come in for you guys. Lisa Joe Cheyenne booked a flight in December to get a family reunion, Oregon in July, but her flight was unexpectedly canceled. 
It's another. Uh, it's not another computer meltdown like the FAA system outage that caused thousands of flight delays and cancellations. That snafu piled up on top of the winter storm. That, you remember that problem. The issue here is construction of a new runway, which will be started this spring. As a result of a $24 million project, the Cheyenne Regional Airport will be closed to commercial flights April 1st to September 10th. A new runway, huh? Because they already have two runways that intersect, but this would be a new one. Tim Bradshaw, director of Cheyenne Regional Airport, called uh, Cowboy State Daily. The airport is a, was an airport of last resort. The last thing you want to do is just say, hey, folks, we're just going to stop and just wait a while we come back. So the airport's second runway was a considerable uh, as a project option for commercial flights, so a second commercial runway. See, the 31131 is a short runway, usually used for small airplanes. A different airline, smaller planes uh, were sought, but no takers. We tried to get the FAA to let us use some existing pavement, too, he said. We did everything we could to try to avoid this, but we really don't have a choice because we have, uh, because you have a lot of runway in Wyoming because of altitude. Uh, the airport will uh, still be accepting National Guard flights, which can land on the shorter runway. But the commercial planes landing in Cheyenne are too big for that. So they have one long commercial runway. They need another long commercial runway. Okay, so the project uh, this spring will replace the 3,600-foot of the main runway to a total of 60,000 square. Wow, this is going to be interesting. The runway construction this spring is part of a $60 million project to upgrade the airport. Okay, I'll let you know how that goes. That's interesting, but commercial flights out of there will be closing down for a while. One more for you. Headline again, Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming hunters call out fake no trespassing signs on public land. Josh Grant recalled a recent elk hunt with his son, central part of Wyoming, despite being in an area they knew was public land, they came across a post with a no trespassing sign out in the middle of a two-track road, middle of nowhere. They decided to ignore it and go on hunting anyway. They knew they were on public land. Nevertheless, they were, uh, just as they were closing within uh, shooting distance, some of the elk they found, a landowner came speeding up on an ATV. Landowner chased the elk onto his property, but the hunters couldn't get there. And it goes through the whole story there. He um, was violently screaming as just trying to be absurd about the whole situation. Grant said he was testifying on House Bill 147, which would crack down on people who falsely mark public lands with no trespassing signs for hunters. I'd never heard about this before, have you? The hunter harassment is punishable by fines of up to $10,000 as first offense, 50000 for other offenses. Other hunters recounted similar stories of being harassed or even threatened by people trying to lay false claims to public lands. Buzz Hittike of Laramie said that a few years ago, an adjacent landowner tried to push the matter regarding a parcel of public land where he was hunting near Natrona-Converse County line. He said the co-chair of the Wyoming chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers said the landowner backed down when the sheriff got involved. The sheriff told the landowners that he could either pay to have the uh, 
road he claimed is shifted or something like that. But no, that was public land he's allowed to. Again, I had never heard about something like this. I, and when I first saw the headline that people were putting up fake no trespassing signs to try to push hunters away, right away I started thinking of animal rights activists or something like that, right? But instead, it seems to be some landowners out there who don't want hunters close to their land, so they put a no hunting or no trespassing sign out there as if their land is bigger than it really is to try to keep them away. Now, again, that's punishable by up to a fine. Right now, you're Wyoming legislative bodies looking into a solution for that. 845. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best way... You need to get in the loop quicker than a soggy morning porch paper. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Cambino is waiting by. So Frank, of course, you know about the high price of eggs these days, right? Oh, what? Yeah, it was somebody giving away for a dollar yeah, a dozen. That's what I'm getting to. See, I, and right now, you know those commercials: buy gold, invest in gold, invest in silver. I'm buying eggs. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, but <clears throat> yeah. this dollar a dozen thing. Okay. Now here last very long. Here's my theory on this. So if you go to the, this was a Walmart in Casper that did this, that had a dollar for a dozen eggs. Now, the eggs were set to expire. My theory on how this works. So if you walked into the grocery store, you wanted to buy some eggs, and you looked at the price and went, no, forget it, and walked away. Now, a bunch of other people do that, too. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the eggs are piling up, and nobody's buying them at that price, right? Right. Now they're getting close to their expiration date. And people will eat anything. Yeah, and so that's just a couple of days away. So Walmart needs to get rid of them. Now, they're going to lose money, but at least they can make a little back so they don't lose as much. So they put on the price a dollar a dozen. Now, this is the Internet era, and people have phones. Yes. That, of course, spreads like wildfire around the community. And, and so Anglin, you can order off your phone... Yes. And have somebody pick the order uh-huh. for you. Yeah. And you could have had the entire egg collection in Probably. the back of your truck exactly. by no 9 o'clock. But now that all those eggs disappeared quickly because of that price. And I wonder if Walmart had to do this to clear the shelves of what was about to go bad. And again, they took a loss on this, but at least at a dollar... They got something back anyway, right? Yeah, it was probably so, good for PR. And you know what? Yeah. And the eggs were probably still good. And I, well, yeah, if, if you got home fast enough, you know, I mean, again, you got to the 29th. Today's the 25th. Oh, you okay, got Okay, you got a couple of days. Time. So, but still, if this happened at a Walmart in Wyoming, then you got to figure some other grocery stores are looking at the same problem. And so wait for it and watch for it to happen again is my theory. Keep an eye out for those stores who have to unload those eggs before they go bad. Okay, unless, unless the, you know, they're going to have a sale on ketchup. Yes. In the meantime, I know people who have chickens at home, and we used to laugh at them. You keep chickens at home. Now. Nobody's laughing now. There are, they are our best friends, aren't they? Absolutely. 
Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys lost to UNLV on the road last night, 86-72. So the Pokes have lost 7 of 8 in Mountain West Conference play, and they're 6-14 and overall. UNLV had a really good shooting night. A bunch of teams this season have had really good shooting nights against the Cowboys. So, well, maybe everybody the Cowboys play is hot from the field or the defense is suspect. Probably both. Rebels 11 of 20 from the three-point line. They were led by Elijah Harkness with 28. UW shot 33 times from the three-point line and made 14 of them, and they still lost by 14. Xavier uh, Ducell had six threes, finished with 18 points. Noah Reynolds with 23. The lost season for the Pokes uh, continues. They won't play until Tuesday when they host Fresno State. The Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team on the road tomorrow. Then Logan to meet Utah State. Cowgirls have lost two in a row and sit at 5-3 and three in Mountain West play 12-7 and seven overall. It's a 6 p.m. start tomorrow night from Logan. In junior college basketball, the Casper College women rated 21st in the nation this week. They'll be at Central Wyoming College in Riverton tonight. The T-Birds are 17-3 on the year. T-Bird men are 15-5 after an overtime loss to Northwest DePaul on Saturday in a game that was fairly ugly between the officials and the Casper bench at the end of regulation. In fact, the Casper College webpage doesn't even list an assistant coach, so something is up with that. The LCCC basketball teams out of Cheyenne will host Western Wyoming from Rock Springs at the Story Gym at 5.30 and 7.30. The LCCC women are 15-4, and four, and the men are 10-7. and seven. In the National Football League playoffs, it was a stunning end of the season for the Buffalo Bills, a team with serious Super Bowl hopes with quarterback and former University of Wyoming star Josh Allen. Bills were beaten in every way, shape, and form by the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, 27-10. And former Wyoming Cowboy line, uh, player Logan Wilson, a Casper native, playing another strong game for the Bengals at this middle linebacker spot. Allen in that game on Sunday threw for 265 yards, no touchdowns, and the Bills' offensive line was really exposed. And as it turns out, Allen is not only their quarterback, but really the only running back they have. Allen also had 14 interceptions this year, 23 turnovers total, and that is a lot. Says Cincinnati came to play, the Bills did not. I don't think we obviously executed at a high level, and that starts with me. You know, we weren't as detailed as maybe we would have liked to have been. But again, credit to to the Bengals. They had a really good game plan. They came out and on both sides of the ball, and they were firing. Yeah, we just didn't we didn't answer back. Cincinnati will be at Kansas City for the AFC Championship game on Sunday afternoon at 4.30. The NFC Championship game also on Sunday at 1. San Francisco will be at Philadelphia. That's it in sports. Have you changed your opinion at all? What happens? We got a couple of games to find out who's going to be in the Super well, Bowl. Well, now we're going to go with Cincinnati the whole way. Uh, okay. We got, we got a Casper guy in the game. We got a UW guy in the game. They're going to win the whole thing. Oh, okay. So and because that's after I guys... saw that Buffalo was going to win the whole thing. Boom. Done. That's it. Because of who's in the game. Yeah. Not because of what you think is really going to happen. Because of what you want to happen. Yes. I'm just being clear about that. That's okay. And I can, you know, you put your money where your mouth is with this kind of stuff. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast. Then open phones for the next hour. Oh, I think Miss Mary, Miss Mary, did you have a guest? No, you didn't. We're all done with the guest. All right, just you and me in the next hour of the program. Triple A ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So wake up, Wyoming. Reliable. 
six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. A lot has happened this morning between interviews and stories I had for you. And there are those people who join me throughout the morning, depending on what your work schedule is. I know not everybody got up at six o'clock this morning to tune in right away. And that's okay. Remember, the show is available to you throughout the day. Your phone is your radio. And all you have to do is you have the Wake Up Wyoming app, free to download at your app store. After the show is over, it becomes a podcast. And so you can just go touch your app. It opens up. Look for the toolbar there on the left side, on demand. Touch that. And then select today's episode or yesterday's, whatever you might have missed. And you can stop and start that and share whatever the case is and catch up on the show. By the way, it's condensed getting rid of news in most commercials so you can listen conveniently on your schedule. You don't have to listen when your show is live, just so you know. Phone lines are open, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple A 97 Woods is the phone number again, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So this was just sent by Doug Randall, our man in Cheyenne. He just posted this story. A bill to allow Wyoming residents the right to leave their vehicle running has been filed. Now, some places around the state of Wyoming, I don't know about a state law. That might be the case. Municipalities, we'll see in the story here. It's a law that's on the books, but nobody really enforces it. And that's if you wanted to warm up your vehicle or if you're going into the store, I've seen people go into a restaurant and leave it idling. The fear from municipalities, it's not a climate change fear or anything like that. The fear is while your vehicle is running, someone could just jump in and steal it. Then they have to deal with that. So they would rather you didn't. Now, a lot of modern cars have these key fobs where you can start your car, but it stays locked. But the law doesn't account for that. All right, here's the story that Doug wrote A bill that would allow Wyoming residents to legally leave their vehicle running unattended has been filed in the Wyoming legislature. So you can read House Bill 239, sponsored by, and it goes through all the different sponsors there. Uh, So it was brought, here's a quote. It was brought to my attention, is from Wyoming legislator talking here, by citizens because of news outlets were reporting on it in order to represent the people, this... uh, gentleman says, we must be able to quickly identify problems and work with new ideas. When I showed other legislators the idea, they loved it. At the end of the day, I want the law to be as practical as possible for the people in our state. So under current Wyoming law, so this is state law, leaving your car running unattended is illegal. Informal observation would suggest the law is widely violated. Oh, yeah. Especially on in very cold weather conditions, such convenience stores, private residences, as drivers warm up their vehicle. Well, for example, for me, when the temperature is really cold, and I don't mean like this morning when I got up, it was like 21 degrees. Pfft, that's okay. I'll handle 21 degrees. 
but when it's really sub-zero. But also, when I look out at my vehicle, because I have to park outside, and I can see that there's a lot of ice on the vehicle. Instead of scraping all of that ice off, if I let my vehicle warm up, it'll melt. By the time I get done showering, getting dressed, all of that kind of stuff, most of that has melted off. So I can just brush it away, jump in, and go. So, yeah, even I do that. Even if the state law was to be repealed by uh, many local communities, including Cheyenne, have local ordinances against leaving a vehicle running and unattended. Local law enforcement agencies have also warned against the practice because it gives, your car, it gives car thieves an opportunity to steal your vehicle. Sometimes they're known as puffers. They look for the vehicle that's puffing out of their tailpipe and nobody's there, and they just hop in and go. But some Wyoming residents in recent social media posts have said that they feel uh, such a decision should be a matter of personal choice, not a legal matter. In other words, if I, when I start my vehicle and leave it idling, I know the risk. I understand the risk. That's my call. So if that gets stolen, that's my fault. The legislation was formally filed yesterday, and no formal action has been taken on the measure as yet. So now you know where you are now. Okay, now this next story. Oh, <clears throat> you're going to love this. Every so often I tell you a story, you're going to hate this, but then I tell you stories, you're going to love this. Some wind turbines are too tall, and they're falling over. Now, DJ, are you still listening? DJ's in... Gillette, and she sent me a picture the other day of a big wind turbine that had just tipped over. Yeah, <laughs> and apparently that's become a problem. Well, here's a story. Let's see if I can find a fuller story than this one here. Um, here we go. Now, this one is popular mechanics. Okay, um, the taller the wind turbine, the harder they fall, the story says. And they are sure falling. Wind turbine failures are on the uptick from Oklahoma to Sweden, Colorado, Germany. I haven't heard anything from Wyoming yet as far as just big ones falling over. With all three major manufacturers admitting the race to create bigger. Now, we had our friend Dave from San Francisco and trying to say wind turbines don't kill birds. Those blades move so slow. No, those blades are not moving slow. It looks slow because it's so big. That blade is moving fast. I won't get into the whole, well, no, I will get into the whole bird kill thing. Um, part of that is the, there's birds that like to soar when they feel thermals. They like to float on those thermals, right? And so wind turbines create some vortexes or vortices spinning, twirling the air, right? And so these big soaring birds like eagles get this idea that, oh, I can ride that. What the bird doesn't realize is that is a spinning, twirling little vortex, well, big vortex that acts kind of like a tornado, and it's slowly sucking them in. And by the time the bird realizes that they're too close, it's too late. And that's why so many birds are being killed by wind turbines. So where our friend Dave from San Francisco called this program and said, those blades turn slow. No, they don't. It looks slow because it's so big. Multiple turbines taller than 750 feet 
collapsing across the world. The tallest 784 feet in stature uh, falling in Germany September 2021. To put that in perspective, those turbines are taller than both the Space Needle in Seattle and the Washington Monument in D.C. Even smaller turbines that recently took a tumble in Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Wales, Colorado, uh, about the height of the Statue of Liberty. Turbines are falling for the three largest players of the industry as well. General Electric, well, it names all different companies. It takes time to stabilize production, quality, and so on, they say. But without industry-wide data, uh, falling turbines is on the rise. But once again, there's so many people have so much hope for these things, but there's so much failure Birds. out there. Let's face it, they're annoying. They're everywhere. Filling the skyways and dropping their little droppings on our automobiles, on our homes, and causing billions of dollars of damage every single year. Eating gardens right down to the nub, including the seeds. And of course, we've all seen Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds. Yes, birds cost the American economy billions of dollars every year in damage. And billions of dollars to our economy by slowing down traffic at airports. And even bringing down planes by dangerously flying into the engines. So how do we rid the skyways of these pesky creatures? We've found a way. Windmills are the answer. Yes, environmentally friendly because they don't use pesticides. Massive churning windmill blades bring down birds by the hundreds every single day. And thanks to Barack Obama's incentives and subsidies, windmill farms are now popping up around the country. Last year alone, we killed over half a million of these pesky creatures. Maybe right in your own backyard. Backyard. Join us, won't you? Call your congressman. Ask for more windmills and more windmill subsidies so we can rid the skies of these pesky, costly nuisance creatures we call birds. Brought to you by the Coalition for Cleaner, Safer Skies. If I manage to make it through this week, I would like my street jacket to be black leather and my helmet to sparkle. Thank you. to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Triple eight ninety-seven Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Okay, I did get a story earlier this morning. I had Don Dayon from Dayweather. If you didn't hear that. So there's going to be a big change up in the weather. Now, from now till Friday... Yeah, just cold and the occasional snow flurry will move over your area. A few places got a little bit more than a flurry, but that's basically it until, you know, through Friday, just on and off like that. Then we get into the weekend. Temperatures really drop across the entire region. And for some people, and this is going to be like the Casper area up past Gillette North, uh, eastern Wyoming, and, uh, and some other areas. Down in Cheyenne, you guys miss most of it. You'll get snow, but you'll miss most of this. Over in Laramie, same kind of a thing. But as we head more toward the west, depends on where you are, nice long period of a couple of days of just snow. We went through this a few weeks ago. Kind of a repeat of that, right? Which is why uh, just get some stuff ready. Stock up while you can. If you you have uh, livestock and so on, you know the drill with the cold and with that kind of a snow. 
And don't forget, if you're new to the area, if you've just moved to Wyoming and you're not used to this kind of a weather, you got to go check your vehicles, and that includes your blinker fluid. Ma'am, I pulled you over because you failed the signal on that last turn. I used my turn signal, I swear. Has this ever happened to you? Have you been ticketed for not using your turn signal, even though you have? Have you checked your blinker fluid lately? Well, how about you check your local auto parts dealer for OK Blinker Fluid, an indicator lamp lubricant. With OK Blinker Fluid, your turn signals will work bright and smooth. And while you're there, ask for other OK Engine products, OK Engine Rotator Splints, OK Muffler Bearings, OK Piston Turn Springs to make sure your piston turn smoothly and okay hypertension headlight valves okay products for the person who knows nothing about their car we have everything okay auto products by snake oil triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven w o o d s so you know i love picking on uh news media outlets in fact i had a very interesting conversation this morning with someone at work who works at a different radio station down the hallway from me and I was talking about places where you get news these days, and I said a lot of major news outlets having problems. And so if you look at smaller news outlets, in fact, there's a lot of podcasters out there, small news outlets, all trying to cover stories. And he said, well, but are those little podcasters and small news outlets, are they really credible? Probably not. And I said, well... You do have to watch because a lot of that stuff can be just garbage, just like the major news outlets. I have no faith in CNN, MSNBC. Oh, let me give you a good one here. Uh, I got to go back to it. Give me just a moment over here. <clears throat> MSNBC. Uh, okay, I got the fact checkers one there. Um, yeah, MSNBC propaganda. MSNBC hosts a former FBI agent arrest proves Russia collusion was real. This was the guy who was an uh, FBI agent who was tasked with investigating Russian collusion, Donald Trump colluding with Russia. Okay, That FBI agent was arrested for colluding with Russia. And MSNBC tries to twist that. See, the Russian collusion thing with Trump was real. No. No, that's not what that shows, but that's what MSNBC is trying to get you to say. Well, here's another one. So recently, Greta Thunberg, the uh, young lady who is the climate activist, right, she went to protest coal in Germany, and she was arrested. Well, you can watch a video where the entire arrest is staged. They pose for the camera. She and the police officers are posing for the camera. Uh, holding her arms, cuffing her, stuff like that. And in between their pictures being taken and video being taken, her and the police officers and other around are all laughing and joking, and then they stop and pose for more pictures. Headline, media fact-checkers claim Greta Thunberg arrest was not staged. Really? Because after I saw this, I went, hang on a second. I just watched the video. Here's the story. Media fact-checkers are up in their old shenanigans again in the wake of the release of video showing Greta Thunberg waiting with police, holding hands with them, laughing as they took pictures, waiting for the queue to engage and basically posing for the cameras if she's being arrested. Last week, the 20-year-old climate change alarmist 
made headlines for getting arrested by police in Germany after participating in a protest in front of a coal mine. The coverage was enhanced, okay, and there's video of Greta being taken away by police. Not long after the story broke, a video was released. Greta and German police. Shocking footage, again, as you watch all of them lining up for the pictures and laughing and et cetera, et cetera. Melissa, hello, how are you? I'm great, Glenn, how are you? Life be good, what you got for me? I have a question for you. <clears throat> Who decided it was important to raid former Vice President Mike Pence's house? Did somebody kick them off? I don't think, was his house raided? I know that Mike Pence offered documents up that that were turned in, but was his place raided? Because I hadn't read anything about a raid. Well, I guess I didn't hear anything about the documents that he turned in. All I heard is, well, they found documents at former Vice President Pence's house. Right. So so maybe they didn't raid it, but... Right. If, hmm. if Pence turned them in, then they didn't find them. Th- then they didn't find them, right. I'll go double-check that story for you, I uh, just because I hadn't heard anything about a raid, but that Pence turned them in. In fact, I did see a story documents and presidents go all the way back to the Carter administration. This seems to be an ongoing problem with presidents. What, then keeping secret documents? Yeah, and keeping them at home, yeah. So there's a lot to this that goes all the way back to at least Jimmy Carter. Oh. All right. He's a Democrat. He's a Democrat, Yeah, of course, yeah. I'll dig into it a little bit more for you. All right, I got to run. I'm coming up on news time. Thank you. Uh, That's Melissa. She's calling in from, is that right, Miss Mary? She's calling from Pennsylvania. All right. Coming up on local news. Update on your weather forecast right after that. I'll see what I can find. Wake up, Wyoming. With the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, this is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six at the time, Wake Up Wyoming, 888 the phone number. So, okay. You're gonna li- Another story I got to say this. You're going to love this. Let's go to the UK, which, by the way, according to Paul Ehrlich, who 60 Minutes seems to think is still a credible guy to have on the air, even though everything he's predicted has never come true. Paul Ehrlich predicted back in the 70s, within 10 years or so, the UK will no longer exist. He predicted the islands of Great Britain, UK, and so on, would all be underwater by now or in a toxic cesspool, whatever was left above, and so on. They're fine. None of what he said came true. So let's go to the UK now. Brits pay more to charge up electric cars than to gas. <laughs> per mile traveled, our British friends are now paying more to charge their electric cars than to gas them up. Rapid change points used by motorists topping up long drives are now nearly, uh, well, 10 dollars in our money. More expensive than filling up a car with petrol. But research from uh, AA published Monday finds that recharging an electric car, even using a lower to slower power charger at peak times, can be more expensive per mile when driven afterwards. Hmm. Here's from Telegraph Money from the UK. It's a it's a, it's a money website basically. All right. Uh, previous analysis by motoring organizations have shown the cost of charging electric vehicles has soared in recent months, driven by rising energy prices. 
Well, now, they like to blame rising energy prices by, hang on, that's that invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, but not just that. Your wind and solar power is driving up energy prices. Story says, at least those smug electric car drivers have decreased their carbon footprint. Uh, but wait, they aren't. Because now, now the U.K. has no choice but to restart their coal-fired power plants because wind and solar isn't keeping up. So once again, those are coal-powered cars. So according to this hilarious story, topping up the uh, electric vehicle is costing, again, more, quite a bit more than using a gas car because wind and solar energy are so expensive. They have no choice but to start turning on the coal-fired power plants again. <laughs> I America is facing an ongoing energy crisis. As oil gets scarcer, gasoline gets more expensive, and the planet suffers. Electric cars? Most of their electricity comes from coal-fired plants or nuclear reactors. So what's the answer? How about a car that's good-looking, affordable, and runs on clean, environmentally responsible natural gas? Your natural gas. Introducing the Flatula Backfire. It runs like the wind because it's running on wind. Here's how it works. Using state-of-the-art sanitary technology, Flatula captures all your emissions and efficiently channels them directly to a powerful turbocharged engine. It's clean energy, green energy, and best of all, it's renewable. The backfire's range is practically unlimited, but if you should happen to run low, don't worry. You're never too far from a Flatula authorized service center where trained, qualified providers stand ready to fill your tank with the gas that's right for your driving needs. Flatula Backfire. It's not just a smart car. It's the fart car. So there are these folks that I come across on occasion who are firmly convinced that, well, that's it, the electric car is going to take over the internal combustion engine, all there is. To... All right. It's not to say that electric car engines are junk because actually they're not. When you take a look at there are advantages to an electric car. For example, you put your foot down and it just goes. I mean, it's immediate. And as far as what to fix, there's very few moving parts in there, so not a whole lot to fix. And that certainly is a plus. But as I pointed out, uh, toxic to create, toxic to dispose of, very heavy. And yes, there's problems with charging them, especially in cold weather. We're about to have another big cold snap come our way. And electric car drivers are going to have a problem again. But and also so many people that I have, have watched over the past few years, they get an all-electric vehicle thinking that, wow, this is going to be a huge savings. And then they find out it's not. In fact, many electric vehicles that have been purchased have been turned in and people go back to the internal combustion engine because the electric vehicle just wasn't worth it. It didn't do so many so many hidden costs and so many things that they didn't expect. And then if they were to bother to look at what you've heard me talk about a, a lot, if you had bothered to look into rare earth mineral mining, you know, the toxic waste created to create the vehicle, the toxic waste to get rid of the vehicle, since they worry about CO2 emissions, falsely, what would the CO2 emissions be to create an electric car? In fact, if you wanted, if you worried about 
doing good for the environment. No matter what you do, no matter what you drive, you're going to have some kind of an impact, right? Okay. Oh, well, it's fine, no matter what you drive. So pick the thing that's best for the environment. Just go buy a small internal combustion engine car. You are, and, and drive it to the wheels fall off. All right, that's the best you're going to do currently. If you want to do real harm to the environment, buy an electric vehicle. Now that's doing damage. But again, that's not the way they're sold. Oh, you're promised so many things that are just not true. 942 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time off. We're going to talk to Frank Gambino, who's over there in the ice box. So, Frank, you know, Glenn, I, I didn't realize that their Miss Mary was such a good bass player. Oh, no, she's great about that. She just sits behind me over here with the bass and various other instruments. And You, you know what she does? She Last time it snowed, yeah. she shoveled out the whole parking lot by herself. Did she? And then cooked mm. breakfast burritos for the rest of the staff. Where was I left. doing all of this? Oh, oh I was on the air doing the show while she was doing all of this. So she did all of that yeah. and plays the bass. So why are you being so nice to Mary? What, well, I, what I, I just realized okay. that there are so many things. She does, yes. She's the one who keeps this entire building running. Right. She's I, one of the ones I was talking about earlier, that without her, the place falls apart, but nobody knows it. But then again, I think there's some evil plot at afoot here with her. I don't she's, know. She plays pretty good bass. She does. That sounded great. She's she's the amazing Mary. Yeah. I mean, there's more things that I realized. Exactly. That, okay. So I came across a bunch of phrases here that you hear around the workplace, and I we don't even know it. There's sports phrases okay. used at every workplace. Okay, knock it out of the park. Yes, that okay. means you've went. You yeah, you've, you've yeah. done a great job. Game of inches. So it's a very close decision. Okay, the ball is in their court. Yeah, that means someone else has to make the decision. Right now, this one I hear a lot. That's a slam dunk. Yeah, that, that yeah, slam dunk means it's a. Yeah. Perfect execution of what you were doing. Okay, you don't want to hear this one about anyone. Ice water in their veins. That means you have, um, you know, you're, you're fearless. Okay. So that, that, that works in business, too. Oh, I thought that was a bad thing. No, no, oh, that, okay. no, that, that's, no that's a good, a good thing. thing. You are fearless. Oh, okay. I, I didn't think so much as fearless as I thought that was just cold and they don't care about other no, no, people's no, no, feelings. No. Fearless. Okay. Uh, Hail Mary. That means that you're, you're, hoping for, you're hoping for the best right. and expecting now, the worst. Now, this is something that I, I never do like when people do this. You cannot define a word by using the same word. Like I've seen a sign around that says, love is love. I don't know what you mean because you haven't defined your terms, right? Right. So a win is a win. Right. You, you, well, you don't have to look great winning yeah. as long as you win. I always get nervous when someone asks me to take one for the team. That means uh, they throw you under the bus. Yes, that's basically it. Just stand out there in front of the bus and let it hit you head on. Yeah, the yeah. other one is uh, take take the L. Yeah. Which means like, oh, this is a great idea, and then it, and it fails, and then you say, well, I'll well, take the yeah, L. Yeah, you're the one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, full court press. That means, it means more people on top of the issue than you okay. need to. Then you're at a meeting, uh, a staff meeting, and somebody is Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, it means that they, they, they're, they're all of a sudden they're brilliant on Monday when they were mm-hmm. not so brilliant on Friday. One I hear a lot, par for the course. Yeah, that's 
that's pr- pretty much par for the course. Yeah, okay. That didn't explain it, but <laughs> I get it. it. But, but it's just kind of like, this is what we do, and that's what we do. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys are 1-7 and seven in Mountain West Conference play, 6-14 and 14 overall after an 86-72 road loss to UNLV last night in Las Vegas. UNLV had a really good shooting night. Matter of fact, a bunch of teams that play the Cowboys have really good shooting nights. So... Is it everybody in the Cowboys play hot from the field, or is the defense suspect? Probably a combination of both. Rebels were 11 of 20 from the three-point line. They were led by Elijah Harkness with 28. UW made 14 threes out of 33 attempts, and they still lost by double digits. Xavier Ducell had six threes, finished with 18 points. Noah Reynolds with 23. And the lost season for the folks uh, will continue not until Tuesday when they host Fresno State. In Juco basketball, the Casper College women, they're rated 21st in the nation this week. They'll be at Central Wyoming College in Riverton tonight. T-Birds are 17-3 and on the year. The T-Bird men are 15-5 and after an overtime loss to Northwest DePaul on Saturday. And again, that was uh, pretty ugly between the officials and the Casper bench at the end of regulation. In fact, the Casper College webpage doesn't even list an assistant coach. Hmm. The old Triple C men's basketball team and the women will host Western Wyoming from Rock Springs at the Story Gym tonight, 5.30 and 7.30. The old tri- women are 15-4 and four and the men are 10-7. and seven. National Football League playoffs, it was a stunning end to the season for the Buffalo Bills, a team with serious Super Bowl hopes with quarterback and former Wyoming Cowboy Josh Allen. The Bills were beaten in every way, shape, and form by the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, 27-10. And former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson played yet another strong game for the Bengals at the middle linebacker spot. Allen in that game on Sunday through for 265 yards with no touchdowns and the Bills offensive line was exposed. Turns out Allen may be not only their quarterback but the only serious running back they have. Now he finished with 14 interceptions this year 23 turnovers total and that is a lot. Remember this was a team that finished the year at 13-3. and It's going to be a long winter and summer for Allen and is trying to make the best of it. Just discredit um, everything that we did this year. You know, there's a lot of a lot of positives that we saw throughout the year. You know, a lot of adversity that this team had been dealt. Um, I'm still proud of our team for how we handled some of those really adverse situations. Um, you know, they they weren't they weren't all easy, and uh, that's the NFL, man. Every there's going to be 31 unhappy teams, and. So Cincinnati will be at Kansas City for the AFC Championship on Sunday afternoon at 4.30. The NFC Championship game between Philadelphia and San Francisco on Sunday will start at 1 o'clock, and that's it in sports. Yeah, wrong button. Also at work, you hear about people who are behind the eight ball. Which means to do something right or you're going to be out of here. Yeah, okay. Or let's see what this one says about that behind the eight ball. When you're in a bad situation at work, one that could equate to having a cue ball behind an eight ball in a pool billiards. Limited options. Okay. Uh, let me see. Utility player. I haven't heard that yep, one at work Utility anywhere. is that you can do everything. Okay. Uh, he dropped the ball. That means it's his fault. Yeah. That's one of the most famous ones I've ever heard at work. That's a sports reference you hear at work. He dropped the ball yeah. on that one over yeah. there. See, I don't even know sports, Frank, and I use those references. See how that uh, it, it melds together. It does. It all just kind of flows. You, you guys are a cult. You know yes. that. Well, okay. of course, yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Come on. But, well, he admits it anyway. Local business coming your way. National news, local news. Update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Need to up. 